0: Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert, visionary, and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery.
1: Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Brad Powell. He is a business video coach helping entrepreneurs radically stand out with video storytelling. Brad, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me here, Amy. It's great yes, to be
1: here. Yes, definitely. So you've been in video production in the video production field for a really long time. What led you to become a business video coach?
0: The coaching part came slowly and it came from basically the evolution of technology, really. I was producing video at the time before I first became a coach for musicians. And in fact, that led me into, I was working with artists from all around the world. And I eventually ended up working with National Geographic in their National Geographic Music Project, where I was producing video and also audio recordings for their programming. And during that time, a lot of these artists were not very good at the business side of their thing, and they were completely in the dark, many of them, in terms of being able to reach and grow a fan base online. And so I was learning a lot of skills in taking a musician who might be like super famous and super well known from, say, northern Brazil or from Zimbabwe. They literally could fill a football stadium of fans in those areas, but they had no audience outside their country. And, and yet there was this great opportunity for them to reach literally a global audience of people who might really appreciate their music. So in that process, I was learning the skills of how do you connect an entrepreneur to their audience over the Internet using video? That was basically what I was doing for these artists. And obviously it dawned on me that I could do this for any business person anywhere. And so when I, when the, at the time that the music industry really shifted and National Geographic pulled the plug on their music project, I basically opened the door to, okay, let me do this for anyone. And of course, instead of actually making the video or being the one who sits down behind the camera and shoots the video for people, I've been coaching people on how they can do this for themselves. So it's been a combination of things getting really easy for people to just pull out their phone, make a really high quality recording with very simple equipment, and then using the strategies to be able to reach and engage an audience and really earn the attention of the people who they're wanting to serve online.
1: You bring up a really good point about how people can be really popular on even television and have a very small (laughs) social media following. Because I've been hired by people that are on TV and saying, look, you have more people following you on social media and more on TV, and they're, they're just two separate worlds. And so, yeah, yeah. it it takes a completely different skill set.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's it just was fascinating to me that these folks were very much known, like they were a known quantity, and they'd certainly done the work in terms of putting themselves out there in the traditional way of doing so, and yet there was almost a complete disconnect to what's the internet world. It almost, it was was like a foreign country. And so it's been a big transition. There's this term going around digital immigrants and particularly for anyone who was born before the time of the internet, it's been a big language learning and technology learning to get used to how do you connect and engage and communicate through the various mediums that we have now that We have the internet and we have all these virtual ways to be talking with our audience.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And especially, I think you'll probably agree with this, the pandemic has really brought that to the forefront because up until the pandemic, you could still just really rely on some of the the tried and true ways that we all know, networking and all of that. But then all of a sudden, networking meetings went away and everything's online. Now what? And I think a lot of people are forced into having to learn rather than wait out, wait for that speaking engagement.
0: Yeah. So many people, when they were thinking about how do I want to do things, they basically put their fingers up and go, I'm I'm never going to do video. Don't put me in front of the camera. And now in the last two years, they've literally been forced to have a meeting on Zoom (laughs) or whatever. Like, It's really accelerated the experience of people using virtual communication in a way that never would have happened, I think probably without the pandemic. And absolutely all of the people, all the thought leaders whose mainstream of income was speaking and doing speaking engagements and also doing trainings, like going to a company in person and doing a training for entire teams, all of that work disappeared overnight. So even the very top folks like Simon Sinek he had to completely reimagine his business which was entirely based on in-person presentations of one kind or another and and all of us like my own business I had a lot of big part of my business was live streaming live events and Every month I would be doing two or three major events, two or three day conferences, things like that, or monthly large monthly gatherings that were happening here in Boston where I live. And again, like instantly, none of those things were happening. And yet the opportunity was, all of that could shift to live streaming and could shift to the virtual environment. And so in some ways, while I had to shut down a lot of the, the work I was doing before, it opened up a lot of new opportunity for me to help people who are wanting to, in fact, host live virtual events and learn how to do that and help them produce that.
1: So how can video help speakers who have lost a lot of gigs during the pandemic? Is there a way that they can harness video and that you've seen that the live streaming that get them back to where they were before?
0: Yeah, some really simple examples. I've seen a number of people who completely pivoted and started doing, just on their own, like a regular live stream presentation. And one of the people who did a really good job with this was Pat Flynn, who's the creator of Smart Passive Income, and he's an author of several books. And he went onto YouTube and started going live every single morning at 8 a.m. West Coast time, Pacific time, and he did it every single day and he would talk for an hour and he would give a huge amount of information. Every single day was a new topic on some form of how to grow your business, especially how to grow your business online. And it was tremendously good information and tremendously well received. And he did it for an entire year, (laughs) every single day and really not only grew his audience, but created a much core group of, he already had a fairly big following. But what turned out of this was this very sort of deep connection between members of his audience that were regular people who would show up to these basically live events, these daily live events that he would host every morning. And out of that, like I know that since that time, he has evolved into taking all of those people and putting them into a community platform where now, like this is a whole new thing that he's launched as a result of doing these live streams. So it's a really interesting evolution of not being able to speak, not being able to host a conference, which I know he was hosting a conference ahead of the pandemic and just shifting that into this live virtual daily hosting, like all on his own. And of course the budget for doing something like this, it's absolutely zero. Yeah, he's just sitting in his home studio, going live and presenting really helpful, valuable information for his people. And I think especially during this past two years, one of the things that worked really was that even though like everyone was feeling like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. What do we do now? There's the big parts of our business that are no longer available. The people who showed up during that time and really were there for their audience and really continued to serve them in this alternate way, I think that they really deepened and enriched the connections that they have with their people.
1: So how can you use video to network?
0: <laughs> There's a number of really good ways to network online. One of them is what we're doing right now. In fact, that you and I both practice this. We both have, a regular show that we produce that is, a. in my case, it's actually a live video show, but it could be a video show that's pre-recorded and then turned into a podcast. And this is a form of networking. One of the main reasons that I do my show is that I get to meet and talk with many interesting people who I want to network with. Like I, We get to know each other and we get to help each other out and we get to learn what, the, what we're doing and... It's part of building that ecosystem for your business, which is so critical and so important because you're meeting all these different people who have all these different skill sets. And of course, each one of them has their own network and their own group of people that they can introduce you to. So at the very least, you're going to be led down a trail of here's another person that you should go meet and go talk to and bring on your show. And of course, There's paths to clients. There's some of the people who are guests really all of a sudden glom onto what you're doing and saying, oh, you have this really cool thing that I need. And why don't we work together so you can help me do what I'm doing? And so it's a really turning your content creation into a regular show and into an irregular event. I think it's a really brilliant form of networking. The other thing that I'll mention is that if you're doing something live and live in the moment, there's this ability to actually engage live with your audience members. And so this is another form of networking, which not only are you doing it between yourself and audience members, but if you have a chat going, a live chat happening at the same time, you've got your audience networking and meeting and talking with one another. And so you're literally the host of a virtual networking event. and. This is, it's actually so much easier to do this than to run a live in-person meetup or to run a live in-person conference or anything like that. This is just much simpler to do.
1: Yeah. I think that doing the, my podcast and networking with people and meeting with so many people, that's what got me through the pandemic. Right. And yeah, definitely my whole story. But of really, it's what I, how I was even able to build my agency in during the pandemic. But the other thing was just from a mental health perspective, connecting with other people on a daily basis was really good. So yeah, I absolutely love that, and I go live live a lot as well, but mostly on TikTok because I have more people there that will actually like show up. But yeah,
0: yeah, these other platforms, TikTok is really good for live. Instagram is really good for live, and the reason being that when you're doing something on a platform like Instagram, the algorithm really works in your favor. So between you and the guest, Instagram is telling all of your guests' connections that they're live. And if you want to open up that even more, you can invite audience members on live with you. And every time you do that, then Instagram informs all of that new person's connections that you're live. And so your reach and your audience and your visibility while you're live continues to grow. And it feels feels really good. It feels really in the moment and you're and you really are engaging and networking with the people who are there with you.
1: Yeah. So what is the best way to communicate your message with stories?
0: <laughs> what I'll say about story is that it is in fact the way that we connect. When you are talking about anything and you're wanting to say I have this idea to share or I have this important piece of information that I want to get across people will not really remember much of what you have said in terms of the information part or if you're backing your information up with a bunch of data and numbers people won't really connect with, especially not emotionally, with all that data and all those numbers. They're not wired, like our brains are just not wired to impart a bunch of information. If you remember back in high school history class (laughs) or science class or anything like that, all that information that all those teachers, whether they were good teachers or bad teachers, were trying to impart, none of us remember hardly any of it. Like it's gone. All this stuff that we learned in school, has mostly disappeared. However, any interesting story that came from those years—those are the things that we, our brains, have actually attached to, and we can remember the events and the stories that framed our time in school and framed our, the time of our lives. So, when you're communicating, it's really important to include—in fact, usually start with a story. Start with a story because it makes this connection that is an emotional one. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because when you're telling a story, if it's an actual proper good story, you've got some character in the story, otherwise known as the hero. And that person or that individual or that character is going on some kind of journey. They're trying to make something happen. There's something, some challenge that they're facing that they either overcome or not. But they react to the challenge that they're facing in an emotional way and we know this from the movies that we see you see these dramatic films like i don't know star wars and luke skywalker is fighting darth vader and he gets his right hand cut off <laughs> and oh no this is bad how is he going to win now and we feel that the fear and the struggle and the anxiety and the anguish when those moments happen in a story, even though it's not real, even though we know that we're watching a movie and it's got nothing to do with reality. It's a total fictional character. And our brains will connect with that emotional content in a very visceral way. And so when you're telling story, this is what happens. You're you're literally linking your mind with the mind of the listener or the mind of the viewer. And they will feel, they literally will feel the same emotional and it will help them remember your message, it helps them tie whatever information, whatever data that you wanna share, it will be tied to that story.
1: I like that a lot. I do story brand copywriting and he talks a lot about that as well. And it's interesting because I had one client, I won't name them, that I did story brand for and they're like, oh, we hate story brand because we want everything to be about us. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, but you're not gonna make sales. (laughs) <laughs> like it has to be about them. So right. it's really interesting because it's easy to yeah, to do a business and you look at a lot of the, a lot of the websites out there too that are I would say are more public speaker type websites, people that do more public speaking where I would say that you would want your copy to be more about you because people are going to invite you and they expect you to be the the entertainment. If that makes sense and what you have to offer, but if you're going to, if you're trying to sell something on your website, then you're not the product <laughs> and you've got to definitely change it and think about the story. So I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. I think even if you're a speaker, I mean, it doesn't matter. Even if you're the most personal of personal brands and you are the product, you still want to be using story you, at the very least to show examples of the kinds of stories that you tell. Yeah, but it's. I just think that it's a very direct and easy way for people to connect with you, is by sharing. We love story. Yeah, everybody likes story. And yeah, so tell my stories.
1: <laughs> I yeah. I think I'm going to note to self that I'm going to start telling more stories on my social media because I do lots of those TikTok videos. So, what are some of the mistakes people make with video?
0: I would say the biggest one is that. People come to video from a place of being familiar with all the advertising that's out there in terms of commercial work. And so when people think about making a video, they think about making a commercial. And that's usually not the right approach. And the biggest part of the mistake is thinking about making a video like a broadcast so that it's one way you're broadcasting And so you've got this thing that you want to say, and I'm going to just say it. And if I can say it in the right, most perfect way, then it's going to work. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say that rather than thinking about it like that, the thing that you want to think about the most is how can I engage the people who are watching this? And particularly, what do I want to inspire people to do once they've seen this video? And if you look at the video that you're making from that point of view, it's a very different thing. You're basically, from a, you're looking at it like, I want to basically call the people who are watching this to some form of adventure. Like I want to inspire them to shift from whatever they're doing to doing something new and doing something that will be of value to them. And just simply broadcasting isn't going to do it. And the other thing about that is when these videos live on social media, it's super important to have engagement, you know, and of course the simple engagement in terms of them responding to the video by sharing it or liking it or tagging their friends or doing something like that. And we've all seen examples of videos that get shared a lot and they get shared a lot because people see them as valuable to them. And they also feel like if I share this video, I'm increasing my status. If I share this with a friend, I'm doing my friend a service and that helps me and it helps my status. And we're very like, again, we're wired to be wanting to do these things. These are very selfless, generous things that people want to do. So you want to make content that isn't a broadcast. It's really for the people that you're making it for, and it will be so engaging like, they'll feel so engaged by what you're doing, especially if you tell a really engaging story, (laughs) they'll be compelled to say, oh, this is amazing. Not only will they remember it, but they'll want to remember it to their friends. And they'll either remember to their friends by directly sharing it or simply word of mouth talking to them about it.
1: How do you help entrepreneurs skip the learning of tech to produce video?
0: Yeah, this is a big roadblock that a lot of people have is that it's normal that any person who's in business, and especially if you're the CEO or you're you're a solopreneur, you're super busy with actually doing the work that you do, and you do not have an ambition or an aspiration to become a videographer. <laughs> do not bother me with trying to learn this skill. This is not something that I'm here to do. Like I have a zero interest in doing that. So. My approach, I have two ways that I work with people this way. And the simplest one is something that I call mic drop moments. And we all have a lot of wisdom and we all have a lot of information and we all have a lot of things that we can share that we know about. That we have the common questions that people ask us all the time, the things that we talk about most often when we're talking directly with the people who we work with. We just have this a ton of information to share. And so I that kind of information can be edited down into social media friendly bite sized pieces in video format. And what I do with people is that I have a mic drop moment session with them where we meet for just an hour, one hour in an entire month. And we I interview them just like you're interviewing me and every answer that they give is turned into a small, short video. And then I will schedule that and I will post it off on all their social media platforms. And the technology part, all they have to do, and they can can show up on their phone. If they have a good phone, that's all they need. Or they can show up using their laptop with a webcam. Either one works just fine, but there's really no technical barrier. Every client that I've worked with already has the equipment that they need to do this well and i use a piece of software that allows me to record directly from their side of the remote interview so i'm getting a really good high quality high definition video recording both good quality video and audio and from that recording i can now edit it down and rework whatever they say if they ramble or they go off on a tangent i can edit that up and put it into a good storytelling format and turn it into a short, like one to two minute video. And that'll get posted on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all the places where they would like to be. And so no problem, like just literally you could pull out your phone, you can hit a link, you can join me in this virtual studio. We'll answer a few questions. You're going to be brilliant. I'm going to make you look and sound good. And you'll get all of the social media video that you need for an entire month after only spending an hour with me.
1: It's amazing. And that's a really good resource too. There's a strategy that I've shared before of how to make all your social media content in one day with video. And you basically create yeah. seven, it's, it's a total of seven videos with seven right. clips And you're basically, in a nutshell, you are then just dropping one of those questions once a week. And if you have that foundation, that's way better than spending tons of time on social media. It's great. You've got everything going and then you drop the ball and there's nothing. (laughs) I think sometimes it's good to start with a good base like that where, okay, at least I know that I did this video content and that's going to drop on X, Y, and Z date. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And this approach, I think, makes it really easy because one of the things after interviewing literally hundreds of people over many years, over the last, like certainly 20 years that I've been doing this, I know when I'm talking with someone, when I've got what I need, like I'm asking them a question, they're talking, if I'm not getting the answer at once, I'll do a follow up and go a little bit deeper or something, but I can hear, I can literally hear the sound bites Mm -hmm. and go ah that's it that's the part i want and i'll take notes while we're doing the recording so that i can go back during the editing process and say okay we're going to pull this part out and because it's non-linear i can take something they said at the end and put it in the middle or over at the beginning or something like that and you end up with this really nice narrative arc that becomes the final video and i really love the process and this is the kind of thing where the average person is if they don't want to figure out how to use a camera they totally don't want to worry about editing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's like the big bottleneck and this is something where I feel like it's personally this is just one of my fortes and strong suit of being able to edit content into really good storytelling format
1: yeah and that is definitely an art I I'll do I do just your basic editing but I've worked on teams where I had a team of videographers and those that were also like doing videography for television. I'd walk in and look at their screen and like, I don't know, I have the same software, but I've never seen that. If they have all these, right. all these tricks that it takes a lifetime to learn. So yeah, there, it's definitely not something to, that, you can't fully grasp and become great at unless you mask like it's something you're going to master. Definitely something you want somebody else to do. (laughs) So can you share some of your client success stories with us?
0: Sure. Um, I'll talk about, there's a woman named Carrie Clark who came to me. She's a speech language therapist And what she does is she teaches and coaches other therapists curriculum ideas, things to like, how do you teach the sound of R to a five-year-old? And her website and her company is called Speech and Language Kids. And she came to me because she wanted to do a weekly live video series where she would invite another speech therapist on and the two of them would teach one thing that would have that kind of content on a weekly basis. And so the strategy was to go live every week. And because she would bring bringing in on a new therapist who had a new audience and that person would share and bring their audience with them, she was able to grow her audience week after week. And her business model is that she has a membership site and it's not very expensive. It's $25 a month for anyone, whether they're a parent or they're a, ther- a therapist who works in public schools, who wants to learn how to work with young children in the speech therapy space. And all of these teachers, these public educators who are doing this work, they're super busy and they don't have time to do professional development. They don't have time to go to a conference. They don't have any budget. The school's not gonna pay them to go out and learn these things. So her solution was a really good and very affordable and very much at your own pace kind of solution for them. She started, doing this weekly show, I helped her put it together and helped produce it for her. And week after week, she started growing her audience to where she was getting easily three, four, 5,000 views on a single episode. And this was going up on her Facebook page as well as on her YouTube channel. And then of course she would repurpose it onto her blog and onto her website. And then she was developing an email list and send every new episode out to her email. So she was growing and engaging her audience in these ways. And from this one $25 a month product, she's now earning something like $40,000 a month. And she's literally become, this was her goal. She came to me and said, I want to be the Oprah of speech therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and have a speech therapy talk show. And this is, this is what she accomplished. And what's interesting is that... Recently, I mentioned Pat Flynn. He wrote a book called Superfans. And I got that book, probably probably six or seven months ago, but I got the book and I was reading along in it. And Carrie is mentioned in the book. Oh, (laughs) Being someone who's built superfans. And I went, oh, look, she's totally becoming a rock star now (laughs) for what she's done. So that was a really interesting outcome for her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people play... They don't understand the, that membership type of like low ticket items. And I've had, I, I do a, a very low priced membership as well. And I've had people say, how are you making money? How are you making money if you're selling this for $50? And I'm like, okay, I want you to multiply it by thousands of people. Right. <laughs> because t- once, when you when you can harness social media that's the best way to serve people on social media in large amounts is not just do one-on-one stuff, but have courses and memberships that you can help serve them where they're at.
0: Yeah. And it also depends on your audience. Like in this case, she was wanting to serve therapists who are working in mostly public school settings. And so these are not people that you would successfully sell a really high ticket program to. That's just mm-hmm. beyond their normal budget and the their normal way of wanting to work. But her solution was really easy for them. Like it was completely like, oh, this is really inexpensive, it's really accessible, and I can go in and get access to these materials at my own pace whenever I want. And of course, she's in there and so also accessible. And because she was doing this live content series, there's new content coming in all the time from some of the very best speech language educators, therapists in the country. And so it was really high value. And because of the fact that at the time that she was starting, she was really the only person who was creating a talk show for speech therapy. That was a (laughs) a niche that hadn't been tapped yet. She became completely known as the person, the go-to person in her field.
1: I love that. Such a good story. So what do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey?
0: That's such a great question. I would say big one is just being willing to take risks and putting myself out there and showing up absolutely no matter what. That's almost been my mantra, and it's been my mantra since way before I even got into video. And just one of the things that I do as a kind of side hobby, as a practice, something that I enjoy doing because it helps me grow as a person, is to practice improvisation and i'm not talking about like comedy improv and trying to be funny but just i have a group and we meet and we interact with it's actually something called interplay and we interact with one another and we're we're often brought to this place of having to walk into an interaction with one of the other group members and we have to have a dialogue and neither one of us knows where the dialogue is going or what it's going to be and we're we're taking on some kind of role or character that we've, that's, we're uncomfortable with. It's something that we're not used to doing. Like I could be walking in the room as a pregnant woman, for instance. How do I do that? I don't know anything about <laughs> how to be a pregnant woman <laughs> or just things coming back and forth. And so that practicing requires a lot of risk taking. It's emotional. It's not like I'm jumping off a cliff or anything, but it's taking a risk. And it's such good practice for entrepreneurship, because on a daily basis, everybody in business, everybody running their own business has to make decisions. And we have to decide, am I going to do this or that? And what's the risk involved? and literally looking at something and saying, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, I have no idea what the outcome is going to be and being willing to go and do it anyway. And in terms of the video world and content marketing, social media is an hungry animal. <laughs> And if you want to be present with your audience, especially like yourself, you're on TikTok, you need to do it a lot. You need to be showing up all the time and you need to do it whether you feel like it or not. There's yeah. certainly so many days when you'll get up in the morning and say, today, I absolutely have a face for radio, not <laughs> video. <laughs> and I, am, I don't feel like I should get in front of the camera and you get—you know, you do it anyway. Like, it's Like, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to be real. This is what I, here's who I am today. And share that with somebody.
1: Yeah. And that is really good. I think when I first started video on YouTube many years ago, I was really bad at it. And from an editing perspective, to I hated what I looked like on the camera. I didn't like the, the coloring, the lightering. And then and also I was doing it wrong. And there are some videos that It was so bad that I ended up, I was, I looked like a ghost literally. And so I would turn it into a black and white just so you could see me, but I had a personal policy that no matter what I created, no matter how bad I thought it was, I was going to force myself to post it anyway, because I was producing content and I wasn't necessarily doing it because I was creating a brand for me. I was doing it for different reasons. I was trying to grow. I was trying to learn to speak and all that and get comfortable with all of it. So I just forced myself to post and I'm glad I did because although I look back and go, whoa, that was, that was a bad one. It really, that's what caused me to grow and get better and better. Yeah. What it takes. So one more question for you. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice, when you first started out on your journey, what would it be?
0: For me, I would say, don't hold back and don't listen to anybody who says you need to wait your turn.
1: Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That was like,
0: I know certainly when I was in school and even, even during my twenties, there was this feeling that, well, you had to put in the time, you had to wait your turn. You had to do this stuff in order to achieve a certain, I don't know what status of some kind or maturity or age or whatever and man none of that is true none of that is real and so in all the ways that i may have been holding myself back in my younger years this is something that if i could change anything in my past i would be holding back less and absolutely skipping the line like going out and saying okay I, i don't need to wait i can do this now
1: yeah Definitely. And one thing I would say, too, I don't know if you agree with this. And would you agree to say that it is easier to now to skip the line because we have the power of the Internet versus before we didn't? Because now so. you can create your own you can create a platform for yourself.
0: Yeah, it's easier, although the challenge is because you can like because we all can everyone, like here comes everyone. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people creating all of their platforms. So the challenge now is to do something that is truly outstanding and really radically different Mm -hmm. anything else that's out there. So yeah, we have the opportunity, absolutely. And it's probably one of the greatest moments to be doing these kinds of things simply because of the opportunity and the good news in all of that, especially when it comes to video, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, is that if you're willing, if you're willing to make a video, if you're willing to get in front of the camera and communicate the things that you know to be true and the things that you really believe in, most of the people and a large number, work kind on of I'm saying like 95 to 98% of the people in your space are not willing to do it. And so just simply by using this medium You're going to be standing out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to your point of doing things different, I think that's so extremely important because like in my space, I see a lot of, especially young guys in the digital marketing space trying to copy Gary Vaynerchuk. (laughs) Yeah. And they do, and then all of their videos end up looking exactly the same. They do the same fast moves and different things, the same type of fonts coming in your face and it all looks pretty snazzy and stuff, but they all look the same and sound the same. And what's interesting is when I first started on TikTok and I was watching the content for quite a while, I said, huh, okay, I'm going to create something completely different. And I created a new account and deliberately started to create content that was to stop people in their tracks and it worked. And, but it, but I looked for that spot. I looked for what is not being created, what is not out there. And, and that opened up a whole nother opportunity. So I think you're totally on with that comment of create, look for ways to be different rather than copy what everyone else is doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You want to find, find your own voice, find your own style find your own lane to be in. (laughs) Yeah, And really, I'm really active on LinkedIn. And one of the things that I see on LinkedIn is this pretty conservative way of showing up. Everybody is wanting to be professional. And so they're really constricting themselves in terms of how they look, how they speak, how they appear, the kind of images that they take of themselves and so forth. It's very much similar, like people looking like business people. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm gonna look like a business person. And they end up looking a cutout of one of those stock images yeah, <laughs> that it's you true. see. Yeah. And it's just, no, this is not it. If you wanna capture anybody's eyes and attention, this is not the way to do that. Cause you are just showing up and you're looking like pretty much everybody else here and who cares, you know, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that is really true. And then you go and see those same people on TikTok and they look completely different. <laughs> I have noticed people posting TikToks over on LinkedIn slowly. I tried that, a, that too. Yeah, I've tried that a couple of times and I noticed that people weren't quite into it, so I thought okay, I'm going to keep testing it every once in a while to see cuz TikTok is more like I would say extreme uh authenticity. You know, it's, it is just a a very authentic app. People want the real, they don't want the produced. And so if people go, if you go on there and you try to produce stuff, it flops. Um, Mm -hmm. And that might change in waves. If people get bored of the stuff that's not produced, they might get a little attention on the stuff that's produced, but yeah, it's interesting to watch how most people just don't care about the produced stuff.
0: Yeah, I would say TikTok is a really good platform for testing out ideas Mm -hmm. because it's so short form and you can try anything and be completely free about it. It doesn't matter what I do here. Let's just try this and see what happens. And then I wouldn't ever recommend that anybody take their TikTok videos and immediately repurpose them over to a platform like LinkedIn. However, when you have something that is, good like you it works you create a piece of content there and for whatever reason you think oh this piece of content could work brilliantly for my LinkedIn connections and my LinkedIn audience then you could bring that one over in fact recently just this week in fact I'm going to invite this guy on my show as a guest he has what looks like a video he made on TikTok as his profile video oh that's (laughs) funny so it is so good and what's cool about it is that at the very opening scene he did something with multiple him like he has a version of his head here and his head here and his head here so there's three of them (laughs) only when it when it starts it goes whoop like this so that the three heads pop out from the one head and that happens in the first like half second of the video so when you go to his profile The way LinkedIn has it is that your profile image is there. And if it's a video, it gives you a preview of the first second of the video. And that just goes in a loop. And so his is going there and it's going, (laughs) (laughs) And it's three S-poppy diners. Oh, I have to click on this and see what this is. It's just two, two, it's the very best profile video I've seen of anyway. It's so attention-getting. It works so well.
1: That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I recorded for my LinkedIn. I recorded my profile video on TikTok, but then I saved it without the watermark and then uploaded it to LinkedIn because I like the filter because it makes me look better. And I tell you, if you want, if you feel like you're not hundred percent today, just go use TikTok to record because it puts a nice little filter on your face. That's
0: right. So yeah,
1: being 50, like every once in a while, I need that. (laughs) Brad, if there are people that are listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you?
0: You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. I like to hang out there quite a bit. You can go to my website, which is awesomevideomakers.com. And if you'd like a free resource, I have a recent thing. This is brand new, hot off the press. If you're interested in figuring out how to engage with your video posts, and it could be actually any kind of post, but this works particularly well with video, I have created a a PDF download of 40 different engagement video post ideas. And so if you go to 40videoideas.com, and that's like the number 40videoideas.com, you can get that. It's right there and you get instant access.
1: Okay, perfect. And I'll put all your links down below. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise
0: yeah thank you amy this is great
1: yeah and if you're listening you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows you can visit a call to thrive.com thank you everyone and have a wonderful week